Welcome to the Motherhood Village podcast. I'm your host, Nicole Gonzalez Cumberbatch, and I know firsthand that it takes a village to raise a child, but most importantly, that it takes a village to uplift a mother. A mother's village is necessary and can take up many forms. Consider this podcast as part of your motherhood village. No matter the season of motherhood you're in, every conversation will give you more tools to add to your parenting toolbox, and you'll feel supported, inspired, and uplifted. So let's get into an informative and empowering conversation. Hello, and welcome to the Mother. Hi, Helen. Hi, welcome Nicole. to the Motherhood Village podcast. I'm your host, Nicole Cumberbatch, and I have Helen Thompson. Helen has spent more than three decades working with babies and toddlers and currently lives on the beautiful northwest coast of Tasmania in Australia. She qualified in Scotland as a nursery nurse, a child care educator, and has worked in centers in the UK and numerous states of Australia. Helen has always been a huge fan of holistic remedies and how they can help all ages and has spent time over the years training in areas including kinesiology and brain gym. In 2010, Helen heard about baby infant massage for the first time and decided to train to become an instructor. After seeing how it helps build a magical bond between baby and parents whilst helping babies with conditions such as colic and constipation. She enjoys teaching moms via her online Zoom workshops. Helen commenced her first time Mums Chat podcast in early 2021 and enjoys providing moms with tips to help them in their new parenting journey. Helen, how are you today? I'm very, very well today and I'm very excited about being here today and sharing uh, my knowledge about baby massage and, and being with you. So thank you for having me. Awesome. Yes, let's jump into it. So what is your favorite book and or one that you would like to recommend? Well, that's when you asked me that question, I sort of thought I've got lots of favorite books. But I thought after thinking about it, I'd say that I love the, the book by Shirley MacLaine called Out and a Limb because it, it's so spiritual and she actually shares her journey and how she found herself and how she found out what she needed to do in order to find who she out who she was and that really really inspired me and so I sort of I read that book when I was about 16 17 and I just I was so inspired by it yeah so awesome if you could have any superpower what would it be I think I I have the having the ability to communicate with babies and stuff because that's what I'm very good at and I think that that would that's sort of my superpower because it helps me to give parents the opportunity to communicate and touch and be with their babies and have fun with them most of all and relax. That's awesome. And if you can go on vacation tomorrow anywhere in the world, where would it be and why? Peru. And the reason for Peru is because it's very spiritual and I love history and I love getting to find out about different people, particularly, I think it's the ink, the ink, I'm not, uh, is it the, yeah, the, about the Andean mountains and also the, the people who live in Peru, They're, they've always really fascinated me. Okay, Helen, so your mission is to help parents improve the bonding with their baby by giving them the gift of massage. Tell me more about that mission and how you got into that journey of baby massage. Well, as you mentioned in my bio, I come from a childcare background and I've always been involved with working with children and babies. But I realized that about 15 years ago, there was more that I wanted to do for babies and for mothers 
Yeah, I guess I've always sort of had a sort of spiritual sort of side to me and I've felt that with baby massage, you're you're giving your baby that autonomy, you're teaching your baby that autonomy. So when you're actually touching them, you're teaching them how to be themselves and giving them that opportunity to be in inverted commas spiritual not that they're spiritual but I mean you know what I mean I haven't really I haven't really explained that very well but it's I guess it's that the touching and the feeling and being connected with your baby helps you to have that spiritual feeling because it releases hormones and those hormones can help you develop all those lovely feelings you have when you're with your baby as a mum I know what it feels I, I thought I don't know what it feels like but I I know what it's what it's like for a mum to be able to touch and communicate with the baby. And I guess that all sort of mixes in with the spiritual side. A hundred percent, especially you have this little human being that can't answer, that can't talk, that can't say, but is able to feel, you know, the touch of the massage and then alleviate them from if they're, if like you said, to ease from being colic or constipation. What other uh, benefits are there of baby massage and why is it so important for the bond between the parent? And I'm I'm happy that it's not just the mom, but the parents and and the child, because dads can give baby massages as well. Yeah. I'll just go back to what you said there. I'll, I'll answer that in a minute, but I'll just go back to what you said there about the, the sort of touch and the communication because you said that babies, they they can't, you know, they can't sort of, they can feel, but they can actually sort of understand a lot more than we give them credit for. True. And when, so before we do any massage, I, we, we always sort of ask our baby's permission. And people always say to me, but, how can you ask a baby's permission? Well, you can tell what your baby's doing by their smiles, by their body language and everything else. So babies do actually understand a lot more than we give them credit for. I just wanted to sort of put that in there. No, that's true. That's a very good point. So continue. So how? what are the benefits and why is it so important for that bond between the parent and the child to have? Because it helps you to um, develop when they when they get older. If you start massage when they're very young, they have that understanding that positive touch is okay because you're asking them that permission when they're younger. So they know when to say no and when not to say no. And if you respect that, when if they're if they're asking if they're saying if they're crying or if they're upset and they just don't want to massage, and you respect them, you're teaching them that trust. And you're teaching, they're, they're trusting you and it's a, it's, a, it's a mutual thing because they know that you'll stop if they don't want it. And you'll teach, you know, it's a trust, trust on both sides. And what other benefits are there um, for baby massage? Oh, there's stacks of benefits of baby massage. <laughs> um, well, it helps with some, it builds up their immunity. It, it helps to build up your baby's immunity. It helps with some body language because you're teaching them different parts of their body with hand-eye coordination. It helps with, as you mentioned, with colic, and it helps to improve sleep. And it also can help with teasing. But as we've mentioned, a touch, it also helps with other senses like um, hearing and smell. It helps them babies to get to know their, their mother's smell or, the, or the, as you mentioned, their father's smell, um, who's ever, you know. So it's, it also helps sort of tone their muscles as well. I mean, I know people think but all uh, adults love mass, um, baby, massage because it tones the muscles, but it, babies love it too. 
I'm sure. I mean, babies love to be touched. They love to be communicated with. And I think by touching them and doing that, you're toning their muscles and you're helping them to relax. Are there any misconceptions of this kind of treatment? Are there anything that, you know, people say, oh, it doesn't work or, you know, what, what is out? What is it? What are the naysayers saying? <laughs> uh, well, I think a lot of people think that it's a bit airy fairy. Ah. I know that it, that it doesn't really do anything. I mean, that why should I massage my baby? But I mean, there's, I mean, those are just misconceptions that I feel that if people look into it and really study it and really try it, well, then they'll realize that they, they get so much from their baby. Sure. And truthfully, what's the worst that can happen from you trying to give your baby a little massage? <laughs> nothing. Absolutely nothing. I mean, as long as you don't do it really roughly. Sure. I mean, you know, if you're going to, if you sort of squeeze your baby's legs and everything else, yes, that's going to hurt. But I mean, if you just do it firmly, but gently, you're not, you're not going to do anything to them. I mean, I think that's another misconception that people think that it's going to hurt their baby. Sure. And it's not necessarily going to hurt their baby. In fact, it's going to give them, it's going to give them that sort of lovely feeling of being touched and loved and connected with and communicated with. And I guess the other misconception is that people think that babies can't communicate and babies can't talk to you. So why, you know, why sort of massage them? But again, it's the same thing. I mean, communication is so important. It is. And I guess to your point, yeah, babies communicate all the time. They communicate when they cry. They communicate when they're laughing. They communicate. That is their form of communication. Maybe not in the way I was imagining before, like a verbal communication, but they're communicating all the time, you know, when they fuss, when they cry and all the things. Um, and I think to the, to your point, I would imagine, I love finding out about these things to bring awareness to my show. My son is five. I never really, you know, un heard about baby massage, but now that I know it's like, oh, I can tell another mom like, oh, well, have you tried this? But I, I would imagine going back to the spiritual sense that there is just something special and it's just an, an addition to bond with your baby, in addition to learn how to communicate so that you can understand what the baby's trying to communicate and then how you can possibly alleviate or yeah, alleviate whatever it is that they may be going through at the time. Now I want to pivot a little bit to brain gym and kinesiology. Talk to me about that. What is that? Um, well, that's something I, I'm happy to talk to you about that and tell you what it is. But I don't, at the present moment of time, I don't sort of practice um, brain gym and kinesiology anymore. But I bring it into my classes a lot because it's something that I've learned and I know how beneficial it is. So, yeah, I uh, Brain gym, put it, to put it very simply, this is in very simple terms. Brain gym is basically a movement program that, that helps with some um, simple movements to integrate the whole, your whole brain. I mean, you, it works with both left, the left side of the brain and the right side of the brain. And if you have any sort of issues in your body, you can do sort of brain gym to help you with that. For me, it helps me with my sort of reading and and because um, I had a bit of dyslexia when I was a child. So, for instance, before I I'm come on a podcast, if I'm feeling a bit nervous, I just do a few sort of brain gym connect things to help me to sort of align my body to get it centered, if that makes sense. So that's a very, very basic description of what brain gym is. And kinesiology is very similar because it's all part of this, it's all under the same umbrella. 
but kinesiology is more to do with the um, human body and how yeah and how and how you do muscle tests and everything but if you in fact I, I will if you want to know I'm still very passionate about it but I don't study it anymore but if you want to hear more if your people want to hear more about it about, I actually did a podcast with somebody who is a kinesiologist because I'm really passionate about it and I wanted to share it more with my my own audience but because I've sort of rather lost touch with it because I don't qualify I'm not qualified in it anymore I thought wait I'll um, do a podcast with somebody on that. So I have actually done a podcast with somebody. Um, so if you look, if you if you go to mybabymassage.net forward slash podcast, I'm just reading it here because I had it written down. So it's 091. And it's a podcast I did with somebody who, she's a transformational coach, but she uses kinesiology a lot in her practice. And she explains it in a lot more detail than I have. So tell me about your first time mom's chat podcast and how it helps moms who are new to the world of parenting and how has it impacted your mom community? And I would imagine globally, because being a former podcaster, you know, the the beauty of it is that it's global. Um, So how has it impacted? What have you learned from it? Who do you help? What are your topics? Talk a little bit about that. (laughs) I have. Well, my topics are very varied. I, I've talked a lot about postpartum and I've actually learned a lot about that myself because I didn't really know very much about that before. And having spoken to a lot of mums, I've actually learned more about postpartum. I, I also talk about nutrition. I also talk about ways, uh, there's a, um, a few twists on self-care because I, and I also talk a lot, a lot about baby massage as well in my podcast as well. I have a few topics that I do myself from baby massage. Um, but the reason why I started First Time Mums two years ago was because after working with a variety of, you know, in different childcare settings, I I found that there were a lot of mums that didn't have that village and didn't have that community. And especially as I now live in Australia, away from my family, I realised that, you know, there's a lot of mums here who are exactly the same. And I thought if I started a podcast, it's helping those mums to build that community when they're they're far away from their families and they can go somewhere, they can just listen to a podcast and think, oh, that topic sounds interesting. I'd like to know more about that. As I've spoken to a lot of different mums about a lot of different topics, I've sort of begun to realise what they're sort of interested in. And I'm always, always looking for people who sort of want to sort of talk about interesting topics on my podcast. I, you know, I'm not, I'm fussy, but I'm not that fussy. It's going to be, they've just got to be somebody that's interest, is somebody that's interesting and is happy to talk about their journey as a mother to give that information to first-time mums. That's why I called it first-time mums because it's, you know, when you're a first-time mum, there's a lot of questions you're asking yourself and a lot of questions you sort of want to know. So, Having that community, that village as such, in inverted commas, to help people, I think is very supportive. And that's basically why I started it. And from my childcare background, I know a fair bit of, about childcare and, and babies as well. So, yeah. Absolutely. I think there is something profound about that. I mean, um, the premise of the motherhood village and me creating it was more to say, you know, it, we always say it takes a village to raise a child, but really it takes a village to uplift a mother and if mommy's not good which I'm sure you know in your 
in your work in childcare, knowing and maybe seeing the parents, maybe seeing the moms who maybe took a little bit more time for themselves, the difference, right? The quality of, of what that of what that entails when a mother takes, and I'm even sure the conversations you've had when a mom takes the extra minute for herself, when the mother puts herself first, as well as the dads, you know, but I think moms, um, we always just tend to think of other people, women in general, you know, of putting others before ourselves. So, and I, I also say for my podcast, um, and I think you and I share that is that a village can come in many forms. It's a podcast. It's a book that you listen to, which is why I always say if there's a book that someone would like to recommend, books can change lives. A podcast conversation, a conversation can change a life. Talking to another mom and hearing another mom say, yeah, I went through this and not feeling alone can make a huge difference. So that's awesome that you have that for a mom or a new mom to go to and say, look, and truthfully, I'm sure whether one or two children, because every child is different, every birth is different different. Every pregnancy is different. That may be what they didn't know last time. Now they're dealing with something new that their child number one didn't have. Um, so that, that's great that there's a resource like yours out there. Um, now, what have you learned in the three decades you have worked with babies, children, and families? And I know that's a that's a loaded question, but if you could, if you could trim it down and say, you know, universally, this is this is it. This is what, you know, a new parent should know or a mom like myself who's still newly into it. You know, what are those little nuggets or piece of advice that you'd give to a new mom or someone that you think something that you think a new mom should know? I think I guess what I've learned is to respect both the mom and the child. Because I mean, a first-time mum is a first-time mum to one child. But if you've had a second child, you're still a first-time mum to that second child as well. Just because you've got three kids, you're not necessarily just a first-time mum to that third kid. I mean, you're still a first-time mum to each child you have. And I guess it's learning respect on both sides. That's what a huge thing I've learned is, you know, for instance, when a, if a child has a temper tantrum, and in, in a, this is, there's two examples here. If a child has a, have a temper tantrum in a, in a supermarket and the mum's being stressed and getting worked up, not to go up and sort of sort of say to the mum, oh, you the poor thing, or, you know, you know and, and be a pain to the mum, but maybe sort of going up to the mum and saying, if it's, can I do anything to help? Or are you okay? Rather than just staring at them and saying, oh, you know, that, and, and saying out loud, oh, that mother's hopeless, she's, you know, look at, look at how she, her baby's misbehaving. I mean, to me, that's a huge thing to learn. And I think a lot of people find that one very hard. And I do as well. Um, but in, and in the childcare space, when I work in, in childcare, it's giving that child the space. If they are, if they are having a hard time, don't raise your voice at them. I mean, that's something that is a huge one for me. I've always sort of tried to get entangled in their argument, you know, entangled in their temper tantrum. But I think the best thing to do is just to stand back and say to them, look, I'm here for you when you're ready. When you're ready to come down, I'm very happy to talk to you and work this out with you. And then just leave it at that and let them know where you are so that they can come and communicate to you when they want to. Because when they're having that temper tantrum, as you may well know, as a parent, if you get involved and shout and scream and say, "Oh, you know, please, you know, please don't do this," you know, I, I, you know, they're just you're just you're just making it worse, adding fuel to the fire. 
Ah, that, that's a very, very good, yeah, adding fuel to the fire. And that's a huge thing I've learned a lot in the last couple of years is just, and when they're old enough to try and reason with them and sort of say to them, look, what is it that's causing this? Why are you feeling this way? How can I help you? And and also letting letting your child know that, you know, you're not always perfect. You know, you need space as well. And giving each other respect on that. I hope I haven't gone into that too much. It's, but yeah, it's, it's, no, I uh, love it. No, I love it. I think any moms listening, like these are important things to know. I mean, I know for me, goodness, all of those things even, you know, resonated with me. I think you're right. One of the big ones is if you do see a mom and, you know, a child I'm, is having a meltdown, um, goodness gracious. I know for me, that's one of the most anxiety ridden things of being like, oh my God. And then you get more anxious because people are looking at you and then you're thinking judging and I'm the mom who can't control her kid. And then you get more upset. And then there's no rash, there's no rationale with trying, maybe you would have been peaceful at home to be like, all right, listen, let's calm down. No, now you're on a hundred because now, you know, it just adds so much. I think even for myself to think about that when I see a mom, my goodness, you know, you know, to even go up and give her or maybe give her like a sign of like, look, I'm with you. You got this. It's okay. <laughs> you know, and almost wave like, like white flag, like I'm with you. And I think your, your last point too is, is important. I think letting our, our children be and, and allowing them that moment. And as they get older to really communicate with them is key. I know for me, I always say, you know, I'm like, we're navigating this very crazy, beautiful world um, with so many elements going on and we have information coming at us at a mile a minute. So parent parenthood is hard right now. It just is. And it's a very, very different time than we've ever had before. And my son is five. And I, you know, for any moms listening to this, it's like, I think you have to also step away sometimes from all the noise trust in what you're doing and say, what does my child need from me right now today? My son is five. He's, he'll be six in November. So obviously we're still a little ways, but he starts kindergarten this year. There's a lot of transitioning transitions coming with that, asking more questions. And I'm like, okay, I need to pause and say, what kind of mom do I need to be for him in this season right now? right? Let me put away the noise. So um, no, there's, there's a lot to that. I think moms need to hear more of that and say, you know, just block out the noise. For me, it's, it's a big one. It's just block out the noise. You know, what's best for your child. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Yes. Get the resources for sure. But then I always say kind of step back and make an inform, you know, make that decision as long as it's nothing serious, you know, that you don't need to go to a doctor for, of what just works for your family. You know your child, you know you, you know your family best. And I know you also do the, the, you have a group, right? You have a first time moms group. I do, but it's very quiet at the moment. I I do have a first time moms group on Facebook, but it's it's okay. quite quiet at the moment. I, I'm, I'm more sort of on Instagram at the moment and <laughs> ra- rather than Facebook. Same, um, you know, the groups are the, the group, you know, we can, that's a whole nother like business conversation. Like, you know, you have the groups of this, but now people have flocked to Instagram. I know places are opening up. So I do a support group for moms locally. I just felt like it was time that we needed to kind of come together in person. So I don't know, you know, how it is in Tasmania, but um, I know we were just dying to get out the house. <laughs> we were just dying yeah, to go. Yeah. It's interesting what you said about anxiety for moms, because I think that about when you said your child, your son is five and he's going to kindergarten. 
I think it's interesting you say that because they they you're you've you're you've got anxiety as a mum you know with them going to kindergarten but then so does a child I mean it's a huge step for a child to go to that and and as you said you know you know your child you know how how to cope with your child but it's giving them that child that sort of understanding about the fact that they've got anxiety about going to a new school or they've got anxiety about starting something new and it's it's working that balance out between the two of you I think as well and giving each other that sort of boundary that makes sense oh of course it does it makes 100 percent. and I'm all about anxiety now I'm trying to get more anxiety coaches or therapists really on my show because I know my son has it I see it the questions that he asks and no it's not in the level to where he can't go to school you know because I I I was listening to some um, YouTube videos and TEDx talks Mm -hmm. by some psychologists Mm -hmm. but I know he has some the questions that he has the fears he's extremely shy so that's why I'm saying to the moms like I was like I had to stop the noise and say no 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 time out my son needs my son needs guidance right now and I need to really be in the right frame of mind to show him myself because I have, I, to your point, I have mm. my own anxieties as well, but the proper way to handle it, the proper way I can talk, take care of myself so that when he is having the moments, I can help him work through it so that God willing and not God willing that he will become an adult who can manage it and say, okay, I might be a little weir- a fearful today or might be a little worrisome, but it's okay. It's normal, you know, and all the things as opposed to growing up and not knowing how to navigate through the anxiety, you know, and I don't think we we're talking more about it now, but I think we need to have more conversations and for parents to say, yeah, this is what my child is dealing with it and it's okay. And it's normal. Cause that's very real, very, very real in my household, like immediately. <laughs> and I think about kindergarten, right. And what's that going to look like? And, you know, pulling for myself mm. and how to help that transition, you know, but that's why women like yourself who are doing the work with trying to help first time moms and my podcast, we need all the resources that we can get, which now I'm going to pivot. What do you do for yourself? What are the things that uplift you? What, how do you reset? How do you release? How do you make sure that you're good so that you can take care of all of the moms in your life? (laughs) Well, I, I, as I said, as you said, I live in a lovely, lovely um, Northwest Tasmania and there's a lot of lovely beaches along here and I just love just getting outside and just going for a walk whether it's going for a walk along the beach or whether it's going for a walk through the park and watching the lovely wildlife in the park and watching the kangaroos jumping around or doing whatever I do it's I find that very relaxing to be able to get outside and just feel nature and feel and get connected to myself Um, I also um, learning to do a lot and I, I, that's partly why I mentioned the Shirley MacLaine book at the beginning because she also sort of mentioned chakras and um, mm. and how to work through your spiritual chakras and I'm doing a lot more of that now I used to do a lot lot more of it and I'm doing a lot more of that now and just working through my chakras and thinking right well where am I at at the moment what do I need to do how what do I need to do to calm down and I just sort of feel my chakras and I actually sort of think right okay or I have I have them all written down and I just pick one out and I say right which one do I need to work with today and then I put oils I have an infuser and I put oils in and that helps me to calm and relax as well 
I love how we, you know, as we as we get older and we find the things that make us aligned, you know, um, the sh- whether it be the chakras. It's amazing that in doing this podcast now, I started in 2019, but I really went for it with just more conversations in 2020. And then the pandemic hit all the conversations sim- simultaneously after the pandemic. When I asked people like, what do you do for your self-care? All the things, what do you do for your mental wellness? It's getting outside with nature. And I wonder if there's a direct correlation with that because we almost like lost that or we had no choice but to have that because I don't know how many people would have gotten in tune with thinking that they needed to connect with nature. Maybe had we not had that, Mm. you know, because a lot of people, they're like nature, even myself, listen, I got to spend time in my neighborhood. I had lived in this home, my current home for I think two years before the pandemic hit, never been outside a walk in my neighborhood, never took time because it was work, 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 work. And then I was able to kind of decompress, go outside for a walk. And I was like, oh, my God, I really love our neighborhood and the sounds of the birds. And now I love to go. So I wonder if there is some correlation to that, you know, that maybe we were missing that. And now we're all like, no, we want to be outside and we want to be in nature and to be grounded in that way. Yeah, I think the pandemic taught us a lot of things. Yes, it was distressful for a lot, but I think it taught us a lot of things. And I, I mean, here in Tassie, we didn't have it too badly because we had our borders shut for the rest of Australia. So we we were quite lucky. We could go out for walks. It was limited, but we were allowed to go out for walks and go out to the parks and mm-hmm. and things like that. But I think it built a community. It made us realise how much we've missed our community and how much we've missed our village. Because when I was brought up, I was brought up in the country in Scotland. And our community, you know, you just went for a walk and you saw your neighbours and you communicated with your neighbours. You popped in for a cup of tea and you asked how they were. And Yes. But now, I mean, we just don't do that so much. And I think the pandemic has really taught us how, what we're missing, as you said. And I think that's so valuable. 100%. And especially for moms and God, I can only imagine. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I, I know talking to right during the pandemic, having a baby during the pandemic and whether or not, mm. you know, even birthing in the hospital alone and you couldn't have the people there because of the, and all yes. the things I can only imagine or not being able to go outside or go anywhere and you're stuck as a, as a new mom. Oh man. Um, yeah. Uh, just mm. to your point, I think, yes, we've definitely, um, or I like, like to think most of us have, have, have come to realize really what is important. Helen, I'd like to ask, how can people connect with you i i have a i have a um, website called mybabymassage.net and there is there is lots of things on there but if you actually go to my instagram in the bio you'll see a connection to mybabymassage.net forward slash me awesome and that gives you all the sort of links of things i can do because one of the things i've learned in social media is not to give too many, not to give people too many options because you give them too many options. There's, yeah. So if you just go to mybabymassage.net forward slash me, then you'll find out all the things that I offer and what I do. Yeah. So you have a lot of resources on your website. So that is great. What are your final thoughts to the podcast community? I think, yeah, that's a good question. I think it's good to be able to get out and communicate with people and talk to people. It's one of the things I really, really love doing. And I would like to see more people involved in podcasting and more people being able to support each other. But also supporting each other in the 
podcasts and not just having so many podcasts that nobody has the opportunity to listen to them, especially in a mother's group because in a mother space because or I'll say actually in the parent space, not just in the mother space, I'll say in the parent space because we've got to remember there are dads out there as well who who also need support. I mean, I know us well, I'm not a mum, but as as mums are the ones that give birth and everything else. But yet the dads are there too. And I think it's important to support them as well in the community. I agree. Um, yeah, there's a dad. I actually just, I, you're my third podcast conversation this week, just because I took a hiatus for the holidays and I'm back in work mode. And I interviewed a dad and we talked about that. He's a local dad. So, I mean, he um, is local and we talked about possibly doing something and, you know, because I'm like, and he's a single dad, you know, he's like, look, I'm busting mm-hmm. my butt. You know, I have to share the time with my children. My ch- children are my priority. Um, I My husband is a great father. So I think there is something there to your point. But I think going back as well as like you said, you know, yes, the mothers give birth. We we just hold an extra bear of the load. But to your point, there should be no maybe comparison. It's just we're all in this together. I think trying to do the best that we can. And if we if we are parents, just trying to do the best that we can for our children. Right. I think that's the overall goal. Mm-hmm. Helen, it was an absolute pleasure to have you on. Thank you so much for coming on, for sharing your story, for sharing some wisdom and continued blessings to you for love and light. Thank you. It's been a pleasure to meet you and it's been a pleasure to chat to you about baby massage and first time mum's chat and about mothering community and parenting community. So thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for listening to this impactful episode of the Motherhood Village podcast. Subscribe to my show so you'll never miss a future episode. You may also rate and review on Apple Podcasts and share this episode with someone that can use it as part of their Motherhood Village. Remember, your village can take up many forms and you do not have to do it alone. Connect with me at themotherhoodvillage.com. Blessings to you for love and light.